If you're here tonight, I believe that you came because there's just an expectancy on the inside. God, I want to take another step in my relationship and my walk with you. So tonight, I want to challenge you. Tonight, we're, we're kicking off Heart for the Kingdom month. Is it a month? Is it four weeks, five weeks, season? It's for, as long as the kingdom lasts. So this, it starts today, goes on forever. All right. So we're getting it kicked off. And so this morning talked about, just talked about responsibility, the ability we have to respond to our world every single day of our life. And as we do it, passion increases. We walk into our purpose. We're fulfilled. We're happy. And, and so tonight, it, it's, I, it's not a continuation, but really simple. It felt like, like we need to talk about, so, so what does it look like to be a champion Christ follower? I know that most all of us in this place are Christ followers, and if you're here tonight and you're not, you wouldn't consider yourself a church person, a Christ follower, somebody invited you, so glad you're here, excited that you're here, and I hope something that I talk about tonight will just kind of spark something on the inside of you and you'll want to take a step into a relationship with God. But I believe most people want to live their faith. They really do. I believe that that that. Christ followers really want to live their faith, yet at the same time, I believe there's a lot of Christ followers that don't know what living their faith looks like. I feel like there's a lot of Christ followers that, that see others and, 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 and either want to imitate that or how is that. So how does it, what does it look like to just be a real, authentic, I like the word authentic Christ follower. And this is what I do know. Non-Christ followers want to see real, authentic Christ followers. So the best thing that you and I can do is to live our faith. Live it in a real, in an authentic, nothing fake, be who we are, Christ follower. Men and women that are just normal, but we love God and are connected to God. So that's why uh, what I want to talk to you about tonight. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of with my words take out my, my brush, kind of my paintbrush with my words. And I'm going to paint three images of a Christ follower to you. And my goal tonight is that you grasp these things and just kind of that that's that's what the bible says that's what a christ follower looks like and you take that and you just kind of latch on to that thing and uh, we take another step in our walk with god so i want to talk to you about three things champion christ followers do these three things number one champion christ followers love life love life that's pretty simple isn't it Champion Christ followers love life. Now, I didn't say love their life because I know what the Bible says. The Bible says if we love our life, we'll lose it. I'm just talking about life in general. Just the fact that I'm alive. The old ticker's still ticking, and I'm here today. So what was it? How, what was your thought the minute you opened your eyes this morning? Was, was that you opened, you, you were laying in bed, I suppose, and uh, you opened your eyes. What was your first thought? Was your first thought, whoa, I'm still here. It's a good day to be alive. See, that's what champion Christ followers look like. They're, they just love 
life. Love the fact that they're alive on planet Earth because when you do, it just comes out. It just comes out. You know, I, I'll say it this way. Champion Christ followers love life. They see life as a gift to be celebrated, not as a punishment to endure. Just going to pause. Just going to pause. I'm a, I'm a slow thinker, and so when I hear something, I, sometimes I need to think about it. So I like when people pause. So since I like when people pause, I just pause. I'm not saying you're slow thinkers. What I'm saying is let's think about that. Champion Christ followers love life. They see life as a gift to be celebrated, not as a punishment to be endured. And you know that shows on your face? You know that shows on, 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 on the way you talk to people, on, on just the look in your eyes. There's just a different look. When there's a person that just loves life, I love life. It's, you're just different. And, and people need to see that, that Christ followers are excited about life. Why? Because you can see depression anywhere. You can see people that are enduring life. It's just like, oh, man, I'm here one more day. You can click on any news channel. You, you, can, you can listen to the radio, and you can hear that. But Christ follow, Christ, champion Christ followers, they just, number one, love life. Do you love life? Do you really love life? And if the answer is no, then today you can make a conscious decision to say, I'm, I'm going to decide to have a different attitude in life. If I'm connected to Almighty God, my Heavenly Father that is in heaven, I'm going to live every day excited. And you might say, well, that's not really my personality. Change. <laughs> you thought I was going to give you an out, didn't I? <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Change, get excited. I cannot imagine Jesus on planet Earth just kind of just kind of shuffling his feet along, kicking the dirt. Oh man, I'm here. He was fired up. He was excited. The, the Bible says the multitudes were drawn to him. Why? Because he was excited. He, 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 he loved life. Loved life. People that love life, there's just something about them. There's just something magnetic. There's just something electric about them. I got a good friend of mine. I won't mention his name. There's a few people here that, that, that know who, the, who this is. He lives north of here. He's 80 years old. I can be any place in the world, any place in the world. And, and my phone buzzes a lot of times. I, that's why I take my phone out of my pocket when I'm, when I'm preaching this down there. In the but if this guy, if he calls, answer that phone. And uh, I can be any place in the world, and I just kind of slip my hand in my pocket, and if I see his name, I'm answering. Because that's my buddy. He's 80 years old, and he's electric. Electric. This is, uh, this is what he says every single time. I answer the phone, I say, well, I can't use his name. I say, well, his name is the same name as mine. I call him John. His name's John. I call him Big John. Hey, Big John. He said, hey, Johnny. That's why he's screaming through the phone. Hey, it's a good day, isn't it? And then he goes on. To, he's a farmer. He goes on to tell me about the weather, what the weather is in his neck of the woods and this and that. Just like you can, it's just electric coming through the telephone. Why? Because 
Champion Christ followers love life. And when you love life, there's just something different about you. I bet there's some people here tonight that have thought, how can I, how can I, how can I win my family to Christ? Or, or, or you're thinking, how can I be a witness at the office or at school? You know, you know one simple, just simple, simple thing? Love life. Just love life. Just love life because it will come out of you. Be excited about life. Champion Christ followers are always loving life, and so they expect the good to come out of life. And, and friends, this has nothing to do with the cards that were dealt you. We all have challenges. We all, you're here tonight, and you, you most likely have some type of challenge in your life right now. We all have challenges. We all have things that happen that, 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 that broadside us. We're not expecting them. But champion Christ followers love life. And no matter what happens in life, there's just an excitement in their life. The Bible says this. The Bible says Isaiah, and this is, this is my, I love this verse. I, every time I, I read this verse, I just get more excited. I, Isaiah 40, verse 31, I think we'll throw it up here on the screen. The Bible says this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I love that verse. I don't know if you can kind of read into that verse and, and just understand that the Bible says, but those who hope, those that deposit their faith in the Lord, it just gets better and better and better. They get more excited and more excited and more excited. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that we always say, oh, they're just a new Christian. They've just started to walk with the Lord. That's why they're all excited. That's not what that Bible verse says. That Bible says the longer you go, the more jacked up you will be. The, long, the more you know him, the better it gets. So I've been at this for about 32, 33, 34 years. 34 years. So I, and, and, and I can be a little excited, but I'm just, I'm just starting to... It went away. I'm just starting to... I, I, I would say I'm just, just getting rolling. I, I can't wait to be 70. Got a few years ago. But, when, but, but as according to that, as I go, it'll just get better and better and better. And pretty soon you just kind of orbit. You're out of here. See, Champion Christ followers, they love life. And it just gets better, and it gets more exciting, and it gets, it, it, it get, you get happier, and, and you just, it just happens if you love life. And just be thankful to God. It's another day, and I can love life, and, and it doesn't matter what happens. There will be, like I said, there will be challenges. There will be things. I remember a lot of you know that, 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 that um, Carla and I work in Cuba. We've worked in Cuba since 1992. I remember in 1996, we were in, we were in Cuba, and uh, we were doing a youth camp, and, and the authorities came in. They found out we were there. I, I had taken uh, six Mexicans with me. I'm, I'm, uh, I have my U U.S. citizenship. And so um, they came in, found us preaching, took us to the, to, the, um, to the local prison jail there, then transported us to Havana, 
And so uh, we, we spend the night in the jail cell, wake up the next morning. We're all just kind of trashed out all over the place in prison in Cuba. And, and a general walks in. He was a general. I could see stripes on his thing. And he had two soldiers next to him, walked in, walked by our kind of our cell that we were, that we were in and, and looked at the seven of us and, and said in Spanish, ¿Quién está el cargo? Who's in charge? And, and everybody said, Rican. So they threw me out there, and, I, and they took me in the back, and they're, they're threatening us and, and this and that. Took all our passports, had our passports. They said, they said, 15 years in prison. It's 15 years in prison for you as a tourist to come into this country and to preach. 15 years, and they're just going at it. 15, 15 do you understand? 15. And so, I, so I, you know, I'm just listening. 15. And all of a sudden, they just kind of change their tune. But we're good people, and we're going to let you go. And we're going to, we're, 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 you're deported. You are officially deported. They took out our passports. Bam, bam, bam. Stamped our passports with kind of this, this half moon and a star. And, and as a North American, then that's me breaking the trade embargo. And according to the trade embargo, $250,000 fine, 10 years in prison as a U.S. citizen. So they kind of got me in trouble with the United States, and, and the Mexicans were all right. And they deported us. You're out of here. They're all right because they didn't have a trade embargo. So uh, they deport us and come back and, and uh, get, get to Mexico, go home. They tap our phone lines, and within about 10 days, they attempted to kidnap our, our children. Our, our oldest and our youngest were, in, were in, a, in a school, and they showed up. And if it, what, if it wasn't for, obviously, the Lord who, who uh, helped the director of the school just be sharp, and she was getting ready to give them the kids. They said, hold on a second. Let me make a phone call. And boom, they take off. This car takes off, guys with guns and this and that. And so, so we're in the middle of, of this situation. We don't know what's going on. And... Uh, Actually, Carla and the kids, I sent them back up here to Michigan to live. I stayed down there five months. We, had, we lived separate, and we would rendezvous in, in whatever city, Carla and I, every now and then, and, and this and that for five months. The pressure was on, and uh, we didn't know what was going on. About five months later, we, uh, the family came back to Mexico. We're living. I was with a friend of mine. And this friend of mine looks at me and he says, so when are you going back to Cuba? <laughs> I said, well, I don't think I'm going back to Cuba. They said, if I try to get back into Cuba, 15 years in prison. And he looked at me in the eyes and said, so when are you going back to, when are you going back to Cuba? I said, well, I don't think you understand. I'm not going back to Cuba. He said, hold on, you told me that God had spoke to you and said that if you would be faithful and obedient on the island of Cuba that he would use you. You think he's done? I said, nope. He said, so when are you going back to Cuba? Now, I remember God started stirring this stuff up on the inside and this and that. So um, about three months later, I had decided I was going back to Cuba. Obviously, I lost that passport, got another passport. And, uh, you know, you've got to help out the Lord any way you can. I still have that lost passport. <laughs> now I remember December 8th, 1987, 
giving Carla a kiss goodbye. I had all this contraband. I thought, if I'm going into Cuba, if I'm going to be put in prison for 15 years, I'm going to get put in prison for something. And we had, I had, I had four inches of Bible school material stuffed in my back in a shirt, and, uh, and I had a coat on, which going into Cuba is kind of irregular, you know. We had this pastor sponsorship program, which many of you, just because of being connected, resurrection life, giving your tithes and offerings, many of you are part of that. We continue to sponsor pastors and plant churches in Cuba, and you're part of that. Well, I had all kinds of cash on me. I had about $20,000 cash I had to get in the country. So I had a a knee brace, and I had $10,000 stuck in a knee brace, and I had another $10,000 in parts unknown, and and I'm going in to, to this country. <clears throat> and I remember getting on that airplane. I lived in Guadalajara, Mexico. Get on, get on, got on that airplane. And, uh, and the airplane takes off from Mexico City, fly into a Havana, about a two and a half hour flight. And I remember once we took off, I still remember hearing this in, in my ears. We got you now. You're going to prison. And I could still remember, it sounds it's fantastic now, great story, you know. But when you're on an airplane all alone, and there was not a lot of people going to Cuba, so there was about eight of us on this great big airplane, and it's not like you're going to hide somewhere. And, and the airplane took off, and it's got to land, and we land in Havana, and I got off the airplane, and I remember getting off, going into, they had these little cubicles with, with mirrors all over the place and giving them my passport. And, of course, you know, they, they're, it's all intimidation and fear and so the guy sitting behind the desk and looks at the passport and does some stuff looks up and down I could still I could still hear you going to prison doing this thing bam bam stamps those things give him my passport he said go ahead so I went out of immigration and came into customs first time in eight years I had been going there, seven years I had been going there, first time ever there were soldiers physically frisking people. And I got four inches of Bible school material in my back, and I have cash all over my body. I did have some cash also because God would give me dreams, and, I would, and he, would, he would show me where to hide the cash. So, and I had a cookie bag. I had a bag of Pepperidge Farm cookies, and I had taken the cookies out of them, put cash in the bottom. I had about $6,000 in a cookie bag, and I had cookies on top of that. So, so they said, put all your stuff out on the, on the, the machine. So it goes through the machine, and, and there goes my cookies. And I've got all this cash on me. I walk through the machine, and the soldier says, put your arms out, spread your legs. Not like, I'm going to jail. He starts going down my body. There is no way he did not feel that Bible school material. Like a board on my back. And then down like My heart's racing. I'm like, I'm out of here. I remember he turned, he turned and looked at me. He said, go ahead. I almost passed out right there. I'm grabbing my stuff. So I'm grabbing my cookies and my, and, all, and my belt and everything I got on there, and I'm walking out of there. And I, could, I felt like I was just floating out. I almost, I had just kind of this thought of turning around and saying, you need to do your job better, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Busted on out of there. And mission accomplished, went back in 98, 99, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Been back over 100 times. You all have helped us create Bible schools all across the country. We plant churches. We planted 25 churches. You planted 25 churches last year. We're planting another 25 this year. And I look at this and I thought, I was made, I was made for this. I was, I was, I was made for this. And, and, and you would say, well, well, were you scared? No, I wasn't scared. There was some tense times there, but I was made for this. I, and the reason I tell you that story in the midst of my, of my point of champion Christ followers love life is to say there's some good, there's some bad. There's some unexpected and there's some things you won't have a clue what to do. But if you'll just love life, champion Christ followers love life. And every single day is an adventure. It will be in my life, it will be in your life, but every day can just be better. This world needs to see champion Christ followers. Your neighbors need to see Champion Christ followers. They need to see you go through the things they go through different. That you get up in the morning and there's a dance in your step and there's a whistle in your mouth and you say, it's not what I want it to be, but it is what it is. And I'm connected to you, Heavenly Father, and so I'm going to enjoy life. That's just the way it is. Champion Christ followers love life and expect good to happen. Champion Christ followers love life, so they celebrate. Who, who invented the law? We can only celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, Easter. When was, when was the last time you just threw a party? Just for the heck of it. Let's have a party for what? Because we're going to have a party. Because we love life. Champion Christ followers live happy. Because they love life. I remember, I have six grandkids. I remember when, when our fourth, no, when our fifth was born. I flew in the country. I was flying back to Mexico and, and uh, didn't expect for him to be born. My daughter was only was, was seven months, maybe seven months, and little Noah John was born. I remember going straight from Monterey Airport to the hospital. They said, they, we don't know if he's going to make it. He's, he was, he was only a, just just little teeny. And uh, so I, I, I remember walking into the hospital, and there was a group of people from our church and this and that, and, and uh, walked into the waiting room, and everybody come around, oh, John, we're praying for you. Oh, it's, it, it, it's so hard. And, it's, and, and, and I get it, I get it. But on the inside of me, I was like, dude, we got this. We, we got this. I have a 29-year-old handicapped son. I live this every day. I'm ready for this one. I said, we're good. We're good. Just cheer up. So I feel like, like I'm in the business of having to cheer these people up. It's like, okay, we, 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 can, we can handle this. So I remember walking into there, and, and, and Noah John, I put my hand. He had this incubator. You couldn't, you couldn't put your hands physically in there, but they got a little hole in this little rubber thing, and you kind of put your hand in there. I thought... I'm going to pray for him. So I kind of stuck my hand in there, put my hand on him, and his body disappeared. He's just little, little, little. Basically, my prayer was this, God, he's yours. Now he's going to live. Then my next part of the prayer was, 
know what, John? Grandpa's here. Get ready. We're going to live life. Good to go. Good to go. Now, that doesn't, I know that's not very spiritual. And you may not want to imitate that. But champion Christ followers love life, and it just and it just happens. You have to be authentic. You have to love God. You have to love life. And when you come against those things that you think, I, I never would wish this on anyone else. If you love life, you see them through a different lens. You just do. And you may be back there looking at me thinking, this guy is a whack job. When you love life, you just see life through a different lens. And people want to see life through your lens when you live that way. One day Jesus turned to, to his followers, and it's in Matthew 5, 14. And he just turned to them and he said, you know, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14. He didn't save me. We know he's the light of the world. But he looked at his followers and said, you are the light of the world. If the world is going to see me, they're going to see me through you. Number one, champion Christ followers. What do they do? What do they do? Number one, champion Christ followers love life. Number two, image number two. So image number one, champion Christ followers love life. Image number two, champion Christ followers work hard for a cause. Work hard for a cause. Every single day, they're loving life, and they're working hard for a cause. In other words, they're stepping forward every single day working hard and passionate for the thing that their life is passionate about. Now, I'm not talking about living all stressed out or anything like that. I'm, seeing, I'm saying Champion Christ followers have purpose in life, and they walk towards that purpose every single day. What is your purpose in life? What is that thing that just drives you crazy? Every day of your life. What is that thing? What is that thing that when you think about life and you think, if I could do anything in the world that impacts other people's life, you think, this is what I would do. Champion Christ followers press forward every day towards something that impacts others' lives. Every day, every day, every day. The truth of the fact is, friends, if that's not part of our life, then we're missing out on life. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a purpose tonight. You're here for a purpose on planet Earth. And that purpose has to be lived out. It has to be lived out. If you're not living your purpose, we're missing out in this generation. Champion Christ followers press towards, press towards a, a, a cause every day. I love the way Paul said it. I'll put it up on the screens, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. He said this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. 
I press on. I press on. Say, with, say that with me one time. I press on. Okay, so Paul says, okay, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten there yet, but this is what I do. I press on. To take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on. I love Paul's words here. I love it. He said, the one thing I do, he said, he said, I press on. The one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining. Say with me, straining. straining. No, yeah, but you can't, you just can't, you can't do it this way. You can't say straining. <laughs> you ever see, you ever, you ever watch uh, somebody singing on TV and they're just, they're just all out there and the veins are popping out of their neck. You ever see that? I see that and I think that's cool. They're all out there. So when Paul's writing this down, the, 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 the mental picture I have is Paul and, and there's veins popping out of his neck and he's saying, this one thing I do. I forget about the past because I, have, I press on. I am straining for the future. Christ, champion Christ followers live every day with the veins popping out of their neck, straining towards something that impacts other people's lives. Love life, but every single day, I press on, I press on, I press on. What is that thing that you're pressing on for? And if today, today, if, if you're sitting here today and you say, John, I don't have a thing that I feel like I'm pressing on for. In about 10 minutes, I'll stop, come forward, and I'll pray for you. God will give you that thing. He'll give it back to you because it's on the inside, but he'll shake that thing up on the inside of you. Paul said every day, every day, every day, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. God has called you to live a champion, Christ follower lifestyle. Champion Christ followers press on. They live every single day of their life. I, I, I say it this way. I'm going to, I'll use this. How many know how to drive? Raise your hand. All the ladies put your hand down. No, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> hey, a few of them raise their hands. <laughs> no, no, no. I've got two daughters and they are Crasham Derby. I don't know if you know what that is. But. All right. I was just kidding there. So my wife's not here, so she can't beat up on me anyway. <laughs> so, okay, so when you drive, most, most there's not very many uh, stick shifts anymore. So when you drive, you have a gas pedal and you have a brake. Are you with me? You're supposed to use one leg. Gas pedal, brake, gas pedal. Gas pedal is to go and the brake is to stop. So what Paul is telling Christians is Live life with your foot on the gas pedal. I press on. I floor it. I live life with my foot on the gas pedal, not on the brake. So many Christians live life waiting for something. That something is not going to come. 
You live life, and it's, it, it, one year goes by, and two years, and five years, and ten years, and, and, and I'll talk to them. And so so what's, out, what's going on with your life? And it's the same old, same old, same old. And you think, well, what are you waiting for? I'm just waiting on God. Just waiting on God's timing. God's timing is now. Paul said, I press on. I go forward. God will lead me. God will guide me. I go forward. So the moral of the story is live life with your, with your foot on the gas pedal. Go forward. I got a funny story. I remember when I, when I was in Bible school in 1984. 1984, I lived in Dallas, Texas, went to Bible school, and I, I worked for Coca-Cola. And what I would do is I would go to the Coke plant or warehouse on Saturday mornings at about 3 in the morning on Saturdays, and I'd work all day till about 10 o'clock at night. Long day, but I only worked the weekend. And I would pick up a Coca-Cola pickup truck, little, little pickup truck, red and white pickup truck, and I would go from store to store and put product on the shelf. So you work all day Saturday, and then you'd go home, go to sleep for a little while, get back up 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning, and work until you're done with your route, which is usually about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Remember one time I was, I was finishing up my route. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, drizzly but warm in Dallas, Texas, drizzly day like today. And I remember coming to a, to a, to a stoplight and stopping behind a car. There was one car in front of me. And, and we were kind of just a little bit on an incline going up. So I had my foot on the brake, and the old windshield wipers were going. They were just like, chick, 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 chick. And it has been a long two days, and I was tired, and I don't know what happened, but I just kind of fell asleep. <laughs> when I fell asleep, my foot slipped off the brake, and I hit the gas pedal, boom, and I crashed into the back of the car. That was in front of me. I woke up, and I'm crashed in, you know, it wasn't a huge crash, but bam, I hit the back of the car. I woke up, and, and I get out of the car, and two beautiful elderly southern women step out of this great big car. And they both step out, and I step out, and the lady turns around, just beautiful kind of gray blonde hair. They could have been close to their 80s, but just wonderful ladies. And she turns around, and she says, oh, honey. Are you okay? I said, yes, I'm okay. I said, are you okay? She said, oh, yes, we're fine. And, and I don't know what happened to me. Remember, as a Bible school student, had been saved for about four months, and just something occurred to me. And I said, ma'am, what happened? And she said, well, honey, what? I said, well, you coasted back and hit me. She looked at her, she looked at her, her, her beautiful lady friend who had kind of stepped out and was, was just across the She said, oh, dear, we, we were talking. We didn't even notice. <laughs> so I walked forward. I looked. There was like red paint on her bumper, and the, and the Coke truck was trashed anyway, so that didn't matter. I'm like, oh, not too much has happened. I said, oh, I'm good if you're good. Oh, you're so sweet. God bless you. I've repented since then. <laughs> hey, I'm authentic. I just tell you the truth. That's the way it is. <laughs> 
She let me go. I finished up my route. You say, so what's the moral of the story? Live life with your foot on the gas pedal. Put the accelerator to the floorboard of your life. You don't know how much time you have. Today may be your last day. Live it up. Live it up. I give you permission to squeal the tires coming out of Res Life tonight. Just as a sign of you're going to live life in the fast lane. Champion Christ followers love life. <laughs> There's some people that are they're like, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's wet outside. There can't much, not, not too much can happen. Number three, number three. <laughs> Champion Christ followers love life. Champion Christ followers press hard for a cause. What is that cause? And number three, it's real simple. Number three, Champion Christ followers. Trust God. Let's trust God. And let me explain what I mean by trusting God. You know, sometimes life just isn't fair. Sometimes there's things happen in life and, 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 and you don't know why. And really, there's only two postures that we can take. There's two things we can do when life isn't fair as champion Christ followers. We can either... Take the, the posture of, God, why? Or we can just lean in. Just lean in and say, God, I, I don't know why, but I'm going to trust you. I don't know why, but I'm going to trust you. Champion Christ followers, lean in. They just lean in. They lean in. Champion Christ followers, when they go through situations that they wouldn't, they wouldn't wish on their worst enemy, they just lean in. God, I don't understand. God, I don't know why, but I'm going to trust you. It's really simple to say. It's not easy to do. Because life can be life sometimes. We can be loving life and we can be pushing towards the cause and pressing towards the cause. But sometimes life will just throw us a curve and, and we don't know what to do. But champion Christ followers trust their heavenly father. You know, the greatest way to honor a person is by trusting that person. There, there's no greater way to honor a person than to say, I trust you. I trust you. And if we want to honor our Heavenly Father, the best way to honor Him is just to lean in and to trust Him. So I don't know why this is happening, but I trust you. The Bible says this in James, James 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open. It shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. 
That is a challenging couple verses. And when challenging times come, to not look to escape immediately, walk through them, lean in, just lean in. God, I don't know why, but I lean in, I trust you. And let the adverse conditions develop us as Christ followers. That's some deep stuff. And I'm sharing a real simple message. But there's some majorly challenging things in this message that I'm sharing with you. Champion Christ followers, lean in. Just lean in. God, I'm going to trust you. Every day, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Don't understand why, how, but I'm going to trust you. Probably the most challenging thing that, that I have in my life is, is a situation with, with my 29-year-old, soon-to-be 30-year-old son. When he was five months old, he got viral encephalitis, which is a virus that attacks the brain, makes it swell, and he suffered massive brain damage. His name's Timmy. Little Timmy, from five months old up until right now, is blind he doesn't walk. He doesn't talk. We have little sounds. But when the doctors gave us our little baby Timmy at five months old, fresh out of the hospital, with the news that he had suffered massive brain damage, and the doctor said that he'd never walk, talk, recognize us, he'd never see, etc. We took Timmy home, and actually when they gave us little Timmy, there was two psychologists on both sides of the doctors, and, and they told my wife Carla and I, they said, look, you, you need to put this, your son into a, a hospital for children like Timmy because he really is, he'll grow up like a vegetable. He, he will do nothing. The divorce rate in a family that has a situation like that is over 93%. And the probability of dysfunction and psychological problems in your other children is almost 100% because the focus of your family will be on your handicapped son. So we took our little boy home and, and we started from day one. And Timmy would not cry, he would, he would basically scream 24 hours a day. We'd have to give him little, little eye droplets of hydrochlorate and chloride, I think it's called, and he would sleep a little bit and then wake up and add it again in one day and five days and 10 days and 15 days and a month and two months and five months. And Carl and I went back to Mexico. We're on the mission field. And it was, we had two little girls and, and our little, little boy, Timmy. After about two years, it was as if what the doctors said was a prophecy because it was tough. Didn't know what to do, didn't know how to do it. And I remember one day we were in Michigan. Matter of fact, we were about one mile from this place right here, staying in a little apartment. And where that mall is right down the road here, there used to not be a mall there. There was big open fields. And I remember one day, walked out into a big open field, there was snow on the ground, and I just kind of threw myself back into the snow 
And if you looked across that field, you wouldn't know that there was a person laying in the snow and I was looking towards heaven. And I remember laying there thinking, so what is going to happen? I don't know if I can keep going like this. And I don't know what's going to happen. Is everything just going to blow up? And we're laying there and laying there and talking to God. And And I remember coming to a place where I laid there in the snow, looking towards heaven. I just made a decision in my heart. And the decision was, God, I don't understand this. I don't get this. I don't want this. But I'm going to trust you. Going to trust you. And I just decided I'm going to lean in. Walked back home that afternoon. Looked Carla in the eye and I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's going to work and it's going to be good and it's going to be fine. And we're going to trust God and we're going to trust God and we're going to trust God. We're just keep trusting him. Maybe we'll see a creative miracle and our son will just jump up one day and walk and talk and run. Maybe not. Maybe that day for him running, walking, talking is the day he abandons planet Earth. But it'll happen. And in the meantime, we're just going to trust him. Well, it's been about 27 years since then few days we'll get in an airplane and fly back to Mexico and there will be Timmy. Little Timmy's still blind. He doesn't walk. He doesn't talk. 29 years of changing diapers. Carrying little Timmy around. But 29 years of just leaning in. Just lean in. Every day. Just lean in. I don't know. I don't understand it, but I just lean in. We lean in. I tell you that story, not that you would feel sorry for me or for Carla. On the contrary, you're looking at one of the happiest people on planet Earth. But it has to do with him. Because in the midst of life, we just decided to lean in. Champion Christ followers love life. Press towards a, call, a, a cause, and every day they just trust their heavenly Father. And there's probably 800 more things that you could come up with that Champion Christ followers do, but I wanted to share three with you. Just three. Love life. Press towards a cause. And trust Him. And I believe that if you'll do those three things, your life will be a light to this generation. And if you're here this evening and you'd say, John, I just, man, I've stumbled in one of those things or in two of those things or in three of those things. I I just, I need to, I need a do-over. You can start a do-over. Life's not that complicated. You can just start over. Now, there's some challenges you'll have to face, but you can start over. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. My time is gone by far. 
I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. And I'm, I'm just going to be sensitive what the whole, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you.
Father, I thank you for every person in this auditorium tonight. Thank you for people that will that are with us through video and through streaming and on the podcast. Lord, I ask that you would seal on the inside of our hearts your word tonight. The decision that each person is making. Key decisions, important decisions that will change the direction of their lives. Lord, I ask that you would seal that on the inside. You give us strength, boldness, your grace, special ability to live the lifestyle you've caused us to live called us to live. Father, I pray for my friends that have come forward today. Lord, I ask that you would place your hand upon their lives, their heart. Lord, that their life would be changed today. As they step out and step toward you, Lord, I ask that you would do a powerful work on the inside of them. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Father, I just ask tonight that you would fill us up, fill us with you, that by your Spirit you'd help us to love life, you'd help us to press forward, press on, have that cause. Lord, tonight I ask you to do a miracle on the inside of any person here tonight that's lost their cause. That's lost their dream. They don't get up in the morning and dream about something that would impact other people's lives. Lord, I ask that that, that right now in this place, or as they go home, Father, that you would stir their inside. and, and, And Lord, that there would be something that would sprout up on the inside of them. There would be something new could be birthed on the inside of them or just renewed. That tomorrow would be a different day. Tomorrow they would have a cause. Tomorrow they would see life through a different lens. They would see people different. They would live for a cause, live for a purpose. Father, I ask that you'd help us to trust you every single day of our life. Matter of fact, we just declare tonight that we trust you. We trust you. Just gonna ask everybody right where you're at. Just kind, of, kind of. You don't have to say it out loud. You can. We just make a declaration. Father, I trust you. I trust you. Lean in. Just lean in. And Father, may that be our posture every single day of our lives. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.